Praise God. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Father, we bless You, we praise You, we thank You, we glorify You, we magnify You. We thank You, as always, for Your blessed Holy Word. We thank You for the anointing upon Your Word. We thank you for our ears to hear your word, our hearts to receive it, and our minds to be open to the glorious light of your word. Thank you for utterance in the Holy Spirit to proclaim the truth of your word that makes people free. We thank you, Father, for spiritual truth. We thank you for natural truth. We thank you for the the, uh, truth that Jesus said to sanctify us by, for your word is truth. We're set apart by that truth, and we thank you for it. We thank you, Father, that our faith doesn't stand in man's wisdom, but in your power, the power of the living God. We thank you, Father, that when we speak as believers, we speak as the oracles of God, the very mouths and sayings of God. So we thank you for that privilege. We consider it a privilege, Father, to be your vessels here upon this earth. We don't take it lightly and we don't take it for granted. So we thank you for the anointing upon what we speak. We thank you for the words. We thank you for your Holy Spirit illuminating our hearts and bringing your word to our remembrance, whatever we've heard, and showing us things to come. We thank you that he's our counselor, comforter, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, helper, teacher, and guide. We thank you for your blessed Holy Spirit. And Father, again, as we study your word today, give us revelation, heart knowledge of your word, impartations of grace, meaning, and truth to expand to this world. We thank you for that privilege. We thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in light of the events of the past week, it doesn't take a person much waiting on the Lord in in that situation to establish what he wants uh, to be shared in in a setting like ours. The message that he wants to get across to everyone out there, not only to Christians, but to everyone. There's been a lot of discussion, of course, about the the, uh, terrorist bombings in Boston at the end of the Boston Marathon. There's been more discussion, too, about the fertilizer plant in Texas blowing up and the the lives taken in those. And, and of course, all this brings up discussion on, on... safety and you know how every how is everyone safe and uh, since is security lacks and things since 9-11 and you know I remember uh, that September 11th 2001 that very you know two months later that very same year we I was in training in Louisville in the LNN building the old LNN railroad building where they have the the offices for the cabinet for health and family services right now and you you could they had a guard on the parking lot where you had to show papers <coughs> that you were there as a visitor to be have training and in fact I walked to the building the first day it's about four or five blocks it wasn't that far but you know I got over that so I, I decided to drive up you know and leave a little bit later you know after that and just park there but 
you know, you had to show papers at the at the gate, show the guard papers and, and get you in. They'd let you in there. Then then there was a of course a metal detector at the door. You had to go in everybody had to go in the same door, all employees in the same door. There was a guard there. There were guards inside. But later, in fact, it's only been a few months ago, I went up there with uh, Eddie for an interview and there was no guard on the parking lot. No guard at the door. There was a guard inside at, at the desk where you went and he would check you in and look and see what you were doing there. That's normal procedure in a you know several story building, I guess. No guard on the floors. No guard on the elevators. Front doors were open. People could walk in. The security had let off quite a bit. So, you know, that people wonder then. Then the discussion goes, is there enough security everywhere? Have we been lax? Have we backed off on, on the things that make us secure in this country? And then everybody starts to talk about, and the discussion goes the other direction. Is all this security, you know, at airports and, and buildings and, you know, places like that, stadiums and all that, is it uh, in, in direct, is it directly adverse to our liberty and the liberty and our rights and freedoms in this country? You know, is, does it contradict that? So that, you know, there's a lot of discussion, a lot of talk. How are we safe? You know, man can only do so much in these situations. The same thing if you go to work in a, in a factory every day, man can only do so much. I know when I worked in the steel mill, uh, it, it, originally the, the plant employed 8,000 people from three a three-state area. Of course, that three-state area was, was like our border here with Tennessee, only there was another state. So it was, it was not, you say, a three-state area, but I mean, it was, you could be in any of the three within five minutes. It wasn't that big of a deal to be, have a tri-state area, but it did. It employed people from three states, 8,000 people in its heyday. There weren't that many there when I was there, but there was, there was a sign as you went. There were two entrances to the plant. The main entrance and then another secondary entrance, and both entrances had a sign. Last lost time injury, and it would give the date, you know. And I'm sure other plants have this, you know, around the country. Last lost time injury, and the date, and sometimes that date didn't change for a while, and other times, you know, it would change almost every day somebody get hurt. I mean, it's a steel mill. I mean, you, there's sheet steel and bar steel and big bars, I mean heavy bars and things that you work with. And, and one man in our plant lost an arm in a, in a straightener machine and things like that. How much safety, and we had a whole safety, you know, safety department there in the steel mill. How much can man do? You know, if somebody hit by a car, does that mean we have to stop driving cars because somebody was in the road and you hit them? Or do you look at, well, was I driving too fast and hit that person? Or did I miss a, a signal or something? I mean, everybody doesn't stop driving because there was an accident. Lord knows nobody in this county would drive. I mean, there's accidents around here all the time. And really, coming, and if you've ever lived out in Tulsa and Broken Arrow area, you think people around here are good drivers, the way they drive out there. So, 
you know, and it, it can be said probably for other parts of the country. I, I'm not picking on any. But, but how much can you do? Man can only do so much. That's why whenever I see these calamities and things like this happen, and you know that there's going to be a lot of discussion. I know I, I read a sports columnist, and he called for tighter security at the stadiums. I mean, he goes to all the stadiums and arenas and stuff all around the world. And, and naturally, from his standpoint, you know, you would want to see more security. He said he's walked into stadiums and, you know, at, at certain gates and there was nobody around. Anybody. And big open doors, you know, not just little man doors. Big open doors. You could drive a truck in there with a bomb big enough to blow up the whole town, the whole city. And I mean, let's face it, how much can man do? And although he called for that, I can understand why he called for that. He's in those places all the time. But we can do certain things, right? I mean, it's, you want security at the mall, don't you? If somebody's, you know, certainly you want security at sporting events, concerts, on the airlines. I don't think they ask too much. I don't think you should have to go and take all your clothes off before you get on a plane. But I mean, you, yeah, a metal detector. And don't let every Tom, Dick, and Harry out, you know, out at the gate. That's fine, too. You get around things like that. But, but there's only some, and Homeland Security, the same thing. So much you can do. But has, and, and if it's been lax, Maybe we can pick up on it or something like that. But still, still, in light of this, what do we know? We know that God provides our true protection. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide, live, take up residence under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. He is. In him will I trust. And, I, and I'll tell you another thing, and we'll look at it right now in Psalm 147. God is not overly impressed with what man does as far as security is concerned. I didn't make that up. It's right here in Psalm 147, starting with verse 7. It says, Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God who covers the heavens with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains. This, this, I'm building up to it. This is the God that we serve. He's in charge of everything. He gives to the beast its food, to the young ravens that cry. And here it is. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of of a man. He's not overly impressed with the things that we do as provision for calamities like that. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him. And this word fear in the Hebrew, we've, we've said it time and again, it's not fear, it's not you're scared of Him, it's you reverentially respect and trust Him. The Lord takes pleasure in those who reverentially respect and trust Him in those who hope in His mercy. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. 
For he has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has strengthened the bars of your gates. It doesn't say homeland security. It says he has. He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. It doesn't say all the prenatal care in the world. That's good. It's wonderful. But it says he has blessed your children within you. He makes peace in your borders and fills you with the finest wheat. He provides all your provision and makes your peace. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. His word. So he, to me, that says a lot. It says he's not impressed by what we can throw up. It's okay to take precautions. You know, we, we've said it a million times. I mean, you, you could drive between here and Glasgow and get to Glasgow probably in 20 minutes if you drove about 70 or 80 miles an hour. And if you went down 249 or, you know, to Roseville Road and into Glasgow that way, a lot of it's straight. Not all of it, of course, but a lot of it's straight. And you could really get up some steam, right? I mean, who has run a little bit late for work and on that road or school and just well, I'm going to pick up, make a little time here. But it's not the wisest thing you can do. And I don't just mean because you might get picked up. There's been a lot of animals hit on that road. There's been a lot of accidents on that road. Other things go on. You open yourself up to spiritual things when you break the laws of the land. I mean, you can, you can do certain things. But why, we don't tempt God. He's, he's got us protected. But we don't need to push it to the point where it's ridiculous. But we have to lean solely on His protection. To do that, we need to line up with the Word. Now let's look back at Psalm 91. For a while, when we first came, we used to look at this about once a year and and I, I think it's a good thing. And, and, in, and like I said, in, in light of some of the things that go on, we need to just break it down. We won't break it down. We, we've looked at it in the Hebrew study, the one that you have to start from the back and read forward. And, and you're all discombobulated, but it, you know, it's, it's good to understand it, study it that way. But let's just look at it here and, and break it down a little bit. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Now, if you look on, it goes, Surely He'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler. And you know what a fowler is. It's one who catches birds in a trap or a snare. The snare of somebody who's going to trap you. It could be the devil. It could be people. He'll, you know... He'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the fowler's snare, from the perilous pestilence. That's vitally important. Perilous pestilence. We'll look back at that in a second. He'll cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you'll take refuge. He's not a bird. God is not a bird. So don't, we're not saying that he's a bird and he has feathers. And you know We're made in his image and likeness. We are not birds. We're people. He'll cover you with his feathers. 
under his wings you'll take refuge. A lot of that is, you know, uh, could be a reference to the way, especially the way this was written. Uh, people seeing open visions at the time oftentimes saw angels with wings. So, you know, they could place God in that category. There's all kind of reasoning for this. It could be symbolic in nature, totally symbolic. So don't get caught up in, well, God must have feathers and wings. Well, no, that's a, that's a sign of protection here. You'll not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. You don't have to be scared of the dark. There are no uh, zombies or boogeymen out there. People, you know, I remember my parents telling me, I, I was definitely afraid of the dark. We lived in the middle, practically in the middle of the woods. I had to go outside and feed the animals. I ran out there, threw the food, and ran back in. And they'd tell me, you know there's nothing out there in the dark that there isn't in the daylight. <laughs> you couldn't convince me of that in a million years. Well, now, of course, being a quote-unquote adult, it doesn't bother me. Some people are still afraid of the dark. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Well, the evil spirits are out there, right? There's more, more going on in the dark. I mean, they operate in the dark. I guarantee you they're out there in the light, too. You won't be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. It shall not come near you doesn't even come near you. Well, it's not going to come near you. You, you live in a, a country setting. You live in a community, you know, a, a small town community, a small county. You live out in, a, in farm territory. It's not, going to, it's not going to come near you. You know, if somebody set off a bomb out here to take three days for us to find it, wouldn't it? Hey, I wonder where that smoke's coming from. Three days later, we'd find a... Oh, somebody set off a bomb. Now, somebody had a pipe bomb in a storage unit or something in Tompkinsville. And when they found it, the guy said, well, he was... What did he say? He was just building it, right? Out of something off the internet. Just forgot it was even in there. I don't think he even got any jail time for it. But, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't ready to detonate or anything. But he got in, got in a little trouble, but I don't think he went to jail. You know, if he did that in New York or Boston or Chicago or a bigger city or even Nashville or Pittsburgh, a smaller big city, you know, he'd, he'd never see the light of day again, especially with the things that are going on. <coughs> well, you know, what's the reason for that? Well, it, it won't come near us. It won't come nigh us. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. And that word evil is, in the Hebrew, is badness. No badness shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. If you break that down, verse for verse, you know, word for word almost, if, if you look at it in the first couple of verses there, Actually, verse 1, there's three words there for God. It, 
and you see, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Um, I'll say of the Lord, first two verses, I'm sorry. I'll say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my strength, my God, and him will I trust. You, you can see the, the breakdown there. Three different words, three titles for God in those verses. Besides the personal name of the Lord, the, the Most High is Elion, and then, of course, the Almighty is Shaddai, El Shaddai, and Elohim here, meaning the sublime God. So there's three, three words for God in those, and Almighty, Shaddai, that, that means all-powerful. When it appears as El Shaddai, it is God Almighty. It occurs 50 times in the Old Testament. It was the name by which God was known to the patriarchs. So, you know, you see here, he's not talking about, you know, he, he bears in on exactly who he's talking about. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Elion, Shaddai, Elohim, all mentioned in there. Same guy, all names of God. And if you look on, it says, Surely he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. Pestilence is something that attacks uh, somebody like a plague or, or a group of people like a plague. The metaphor is significant to the Hebrews since plagues of locusts and disease were common in the Middle East. In other words, you're, he'll deliver you from the guy that's going to catch birds, this fowler snare, and the noisome pestilence. Deliver you from, you know, any, anything that's noisy and chattering. You know, you can think of the devil as noisome pestilence too if you want to. He'll cover you with his feathers under his wings. You'll take refuge. You'll trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Buckler is a small shield. His truth shall be your shield and your small shield. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. We already talked about that. Nor of the arrow that flies by day. Now the pestilence that walks in darkness. Same, same pestilence word is up above there. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Now it doesn't matter what time of the day or night. The devil's arrayed against us. A thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. It won't come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. You know, he mentions this. We don't have it up there, but if, if you are familiar with Psalm 37, in verse 34 he says, Wait on the Lord and keep his way. He'll exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you'll see it. When the wicked are cut off, you'll see it. And he goes on to say in that psalm, he says, I've seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. You know, think about some of these people that you've seen in power, spreading themselves like a, a native green tree. You know, yesterday was Adolf Hitler's birthday. Of course, my boys never cease to have fun to remind me that I said from this very pulpit that he was a world changer. Well, he was. He changed it for the worse. He was evil incarnate. But they always, because his right-hand man was 
Johann Eckhart. So, you know, they let me have it about that. And the fact that I said that he was a world changer. So yesterday was his birthday. Think about him in that light. You know, I've seen the wicked in great power spreading himself like a native green tree. Look how he spread himself and the evil that he perpetrated. He said, he says here, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. That's a little bit comforting to me. I don't know about you. Because you made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, your habitation, the King James says, no evil, no badness shall befall you. And, and verse 10 there is a promise of divinely protected health. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. We, we live in these dwellings. We live in physical, earthly dwellings. And we live in dwellings that we've built. That somebody built. No plague needs to come near this dwelling that you're in or the, or the earthly dwelling. It says it right here. Nor shall any plague. Why? Because we make the Lord our refuge, the most high, our habitation. And in verses 11 and 12, of course, he'll give his angels charge of you to keep you in all your ways. They'll bear you up in your hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You know, we, I won't go back over it, but we talked about that before Easter. We talked about how angels excel in strength. One of them whipped 185,000 men. Jesus said he could have 12 legions there, legion 6,000. I mean, we have angels at our access. He'll give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They'll bear you up. They'll bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. That hasn't changed. We have a better covenant, not a worse one. We still have angelic protection. Verse 13 says, You'll tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you'll trample underfoot. Well, that's, you know, we don't do that anymore. Let's look at a couple of New Testament references real quick. This will help us. I believe this will help us. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority. Jesus gave his disciples the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. We need to live in that. We are his disciples on this earth right now. We're the body of Christ. We've been given this spiritual authority. Romans chapter 16 and verse 20, right at the end, he says, The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. We have the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the authority, all the power of the devil. Now, back to Psalm 91, please, Bill. And on... on the remainder of that, in verses 14 through 16, you see dialogue there. You know, prayer should be dialogue, right? God responds to the psalmist here. He says, because he set his love upon me, therefore I'll deliver him. I'll set him on high, because he's known my name. 
He'll call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let me just read to you this commentary here. It's, it's enlightening. It says, Although the psalmist and reader are not promised total immunity from calamities, and we're not. I'd be lying to you if I said you were. You're not totally immune from running into problems. The Lord assures him that he will be present with those who call upon him and that he will deliver and honor them. And let me just translate that to modern day speak. You'll come out smelling like a rose. I'll leave the first part of that off. You'll come out smelling like a rose. You know, Jesus took care of this, didn't he? This is just not... We, sh, uh, You know, I, I really can't impress it upon you enough to memorize Psalm 91, if you haven't already, and speak it over yourself and your family every day, in the morning, at night, during the day, whenever you need to. I've heard testimonies of people get on airplanes and speak this psalm, and one guy was the only survivor when that plane went down. Now, I'm not saying, you know, well, trash everyone else, you know, we're, you know, as long as we're okay. That's not the idea. The idea is that we all get this in our heart and operate in it. But it's just not something that an Old Testament psalmist put together. It, it's a way of life for a Christian. Look at John chapter 17. Jesus took care of this in prayer. We don't have to live in fear you know, that somebody's going to do something to us all the time. That doesn't mean you leave your car unlocked in the middle of the city or, you know, someplace that... You know, leave all your belongings out because God's going to take care of them. And don't put anything away at night, you know, because God will, even if it rains, it's not going to rain on that. No, that's ridiculous and foolish. That's not what we're saying. And there's no such thing as being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You have to have protection. Look at what Jesus said. Here's his prayer. In this, this entire chapter is devoted to study. He, first he prays for himself. Then in verse 6 it says he prays for his disciples. Then after that he prays for all believers. We fall in those two categories. His disciples and all believers. In the first part here it says, I've manifested your name to the men. That's female men and male men. Whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Of course he's talking about the disciples there, but we're all in that. This is all for us. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given them the words which you have given me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. That's us he's talking about. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. <clears throat> now I am no longer in the world, 
but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those who you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And you know, you can run into this too. You know, if you tell somebody that you rely on the protection of God, you know, and you're not concerned about going to a concert or to a ball game or to the airport or wherever, they're going to say, well, you're crazy, you're crazy, you know, you're a fanatic, you're this, you're that. It says, I've given them your word. And the world doesn't always accept it. Well, go on, move on. I do not pray <clears throat> that you should take them out of the world but you should keep them from the evil one. Now, I, I feel pretty secure in the fact that Jesus prayed for us. And we all should. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. <clears throat> Sanctify them. Set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they may also be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone. This, see, he adds everyone in there. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I and them, you and me, that they may be made perfect, complete, in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. <clears throat> like I said, we fall in both categories. He prayed for our protection. John reiterated this in 1 John chapter 5. He says, we know that whoever is born of God doesn't sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Thank God for it. So, you know, what, what's the key to all this thing? Hebrews chapter 13. And of course... We believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. It doesn't, he doesn't give a opening to indicate it, but it's his writing style. It sounds like him. Let your conduct, verse 5, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. That's what he said. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Well, he can do a lot of things, but I'm not going to fear. Remember, those who rule over you have spoken the word of God to you. Those whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus prayed for our protection. He still wants us protected. 
He said, don't. Take him out of the world. Protect him from the evil one. He wanted it then. He wants it now. Thank God. Prayer is the same today. He hasn't changed. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. What does it say? It hasn't changed. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Any part of the world doesn't, doesn't have to be out of Monroe County, or it can be. He's with you. And the last thing we need to remember, the blood of Jesus. We're washed in that blood. And the blood covers healing, preservation, protection, prosperity, perpetuity or long life, peace, power, love. We're under that blood. Psalm 17 and verse 8. We'll close with this. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. The apple of your eye is, is the pupil in there. That's, that's considered... The, the, let me just read to you what the commentary says here. The phrase concerning the eye is drawn from Deuteronomy 32.10 and refers to sight, which is greatly cherished and diligently protected. Greatly cherished and diligently protected. And the apple is the pupil, the, the important and protected part of the eye, right? Greatly cherished and diligently protected. You are greatly cherished of the Lord and He will diligently you know diligently that word protects you. The bottom line is this. The devil and his forces are arrayed against us. You don't have to be around very long to understand that. In any area of this world, any part of the planet, some worse than others, God has provided protection for us through his word. Jesus prayed for it. While we're here physically, angels are at our disposal with their power and their abilities. And it's up to us to operate in that. And not fear. Not fear. Not fear. Father, we love you. We praise you. We glorify you and we bless you. We thank you for the privilege of living under your protective wing. We thank you. Thank you. Beyond our, our deepest thoughts and, and emotions, we thank you. We can't thank you enough. We don't have the right words. It's vitally important that we understand this. We know you're not overly impressed. You'll not delight in the strength of the horse. You'll take no pleasure in the legs of the man. We know that there's a lot we can do. We can be intelligent. You tell us, your word tells us, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So we can be intelligent and act intelligently and not do foolish things. We're not going to take a bare wire that's hot and grab it and say, well, God will protect me. We're not going to leave things unprotected and, and not protect our property and not paint the house because 
Well, God won't let the wood rot. No, we're not going to do foolish things. We're going to do the things that we know to do. Things that we're able to do. And we're going to rely on you for that ultimate and utmost protection. Especially in the spiritual realm. We thank you for your ministering spirits. Ministering for us. For we are heirs of salvation. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. The ultimate protection. Anywhere on this earth. We thank you for the word. We see in your word so many places. Where we have protection and safety. And we know that your word does not return void, but it accomplishes what you please, and it prospers in the things for which you send it. So we thank you for that. And we stand on that. Thank you, dear Father. Thank you for the privilege of living under your wings of protection. We honor you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, shall we stand. For my protection is yours, says the Lord, wherever you go, whatever you do, whether you're at work, whether you're at play, whether you're at home, my protection is yours. Don't be in fear. There's nothing to fear. Live free from fear. For wherever you go, I'm near. Wherever you go, I'm with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. You're cherished in my eyes. You're the apple. The apple. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Father. Thank you, dear Father. We praise you and honor you. Thank you, dear Father. Praise God. You may be seated.